Hello there, everyone. How's everyone doing? This is nice. Oh, I'm sorry. I haven't really talked about what, what I'm doing here, have I? Well, if you follow me on Twitter, you might have an idea about what's going on, but... I wanted to kind of come out today and give you a little bit of relaxation. See, normally if you're listening to this podcast, you're expecting a whole lot of pirate. And uh, while that's that's not necessarily not going to happen tonight or today, depending on when you're listening to this, I, I wanted to take a break and kind of relax by the beach. You know, just over here on my favorite fort, Keelhall Fort. And uh, I got myself a nice, comfy little. Well, I, I guess if you're, if I'm being honest, it's a, it's a skeleton head that's next to me, and I'm sitting, sitting up against a crate of bananas. It's not really comfortable, but it's okay. You know, that, I don't have to necessarily be a hundred percent comfortable with this, but uh, I'm keeping my eye out on the horizon for any ships, just in case something happens. But I wanted to kind of talk to you today about some of the stuff that's going on outside of Sea of Thieves. Now, you're probably wondering why, and to be perfectly honest, sometimes I wonder that myself, but if I'm thinking about it and I step outside of the realm of Sea of Thieves, I'm a gamer at heart. Have been since I've been seven years old when I got my first Nintendo, and ever since then, it's just something that I love. So, I wanted to kind of take some time and talk with you all and share share some thoughts about some of the stuff that got announced just recently uh, as well as what I've been playing outside of Sea of Thieves. So I figured I'd start off with uh, what I've been playing because that seems to be the go-to thing for, well, every other gaming podcast in existence. So I've been playing Sea of Thieves, <laughs> but I'm not going to talk about that because, well, I have the rest of the episodes to uh, to talk about that. So I wanted to talk about Link's Awakening. And the reason why was because I love Zelda. It's, uh, it's something that I've been hooked on since the 90s. Um, I've, I've been playing those games since longer than I can recall. Uh, actually, no, I can recall. So I, I've been playing them exactly for as long as I can recall. But uh, Link's Awakening for the Nintendo Switch. Amazing game. Wow. Um, I'm at the fourth dungeon. I've been having a lot of fun. This game is a $60 game for the Nintendo Switch. It's a remake of Link's Awakening for the original Game Boy back in 93, uh, which was right about the time when I had actually gotten my Super Nintendo and uh, that came with Link's Link to the Past packed into it. Um, I never played this on Game Boy. I only played it on my Game Boy Advance SP when I picked up the cartridge later in life. And uh, as such, I don't remember a whole lot about this game. But I picked up the the special edition from Best Buy, and I got the art book, and the art book's amazing. And I picked up the Amiibo, because I, I collect all the Zelda Amiibo. And as the game has started off, it's so beautiful to look at. It feels like something from Sea of Thieves. It feels like I'm on this island, and the inhabitants are wanting me to do things, and I'm running around, and... When you're talking to different NPCs, they're kind of they're kind of breaking the fourth wall by telling you, you know, kind of how to play the game. And there's not really a whole lot to kind of hold your hand to guide you around. And 
once in a while you'll get this uh this owl to come down and talk with you and i've been enjoying the heck out of it the dungeons are so well designed and the items are familiar but not something that makes you feel like you're you're totally um you're totally playing just another version of a link to the past or a link between worlds they're they're different enough and you don't always get them right away sometimes you have to buy them or steal them depending on if you're going into a shop but some of the things that i think are really well done with this game is the music it feels uh it feels very very much like the original music did even though it was uh 8-bit audio then this is flushed out with full orchestral you know presence and um the game is amazing uh the the thing that i i wanted to kind of touch on are some of the flaws with the game that i feel like i've, I've been because i could gush all day about how good this game is i'm i'm in the fourth dungeon i've I just beat the uh the fourth boss and i'm getting ready to to head out into getting the the fifth dungeon complete uh so i can hurry up and finish the rest of the game but i play this mostly as something at work during my breaks uh, so I've been taking my time with it and some of the things that you should be aware about if you end up deciding to pick this up or if you have haven't picked this up but you've been on the fence about it is the the tilt shift um, design so the game's kind of at an angle and they're using a, a photography method to kind of blur out uh, the top and bottom bars mostly the bottom lower quarter of the the screen is actually blurred out and that's kind of a, a focus effect that photographers use to help kind of draw your attention to a certain area and while that's kind of a cool idea i don't think that they fully nailed it um, not everything's always out of focus sometimes it shifts and one of the problems that has kind of arisen is that the game is having trouble rendering everything in screen. So what happens is you tend to go from these lush 60 frame animations and it just kind of degrades down to 30 frames. And this is not, you know, it's not it's not a game breaker, but it definitely kind of kills some of that immersion. You know, when I'm playing in these 15 minute or 30 minute segments, uh, I, I feel like I've got my I got my little earbuds in and I'm immersed. I feel like I'm in that world and the music and the sounds are all the same. They, it feels just like a, a normal Zelda game. And then it starts to chug and I start to realize like, oh, I'm playing this on a portable console. And I, I hope that this being just version 1.0, that this is something that will be fixed in the future. And that it's something we can definitely look back on and say like, okay, well, you know, I knew that they were going to fix it. They fixed it and now I don't have to worry about it. And now everyone's getting a very awesome experience. But for the early adopters, for the people that picked it up, it's definitely noticeable. And it's not just when people come from outside of a dungeon or outside of a building into the open world or some people that are playing on SDs, uh, uh, cards or, or um, uh, on the, the actual cartridge or who has it downloaded. It's just whenever. It just happens. It happened to me in dungeons. It happens to me out in the fields. It happens to me when I exit buildings. It happens randomly and I haven't quite worked that out but I'm not too worried about that because I'm hoping that much like with Breath of the Wild when we ran into the Kokiri Forest and we, we hit all that different ambient foliage and stuff that you ran and the game kind of chugged because it was essentially a port from a Wii U 
design of a game to the switch that they they got most of that worked out and i'm and i'm sure that once Link's awakening has been out for a bit that they'll get some patches in that kind of help out with the frame rate but as a game the game is designed really well uh it gates you early on so that you can't go too far and run into problems that you can't solve without items it is item gated uh with like many different zelda games that have dungeons there's multiple dungeons and each dungeon gives you a new tool to help you progress further in the story and help you explore into other areas once you have that new item a system that i really liked because it it effectively gave me a, a walled garden that i knew like i could only i could only progress so far until i got something that helped me get past this point and once i got that item i felt enthralled or not enthralled but enthused to go back to those areas to try and explore those those uh, things that i hadn't in the past so overall really looking forward to playing the rest of this game i love zelda games it's always been a passion of mine and this is no different and the the remake is well done i definitely was happy to pay the 70 dollars for the special edition plus the 16 for the amiibo uh, without even batting an eye at it. Uh, the thing that I was kind of going into unsure of was the next game that I played, which was the demo available on Switch for Ori and the Blind Forest. Um, I'm sure a lot of you Xbox fans who've been diehards for a long time have played this and already know just how beautiful of a game and how fluid of a game this is. But it's always been out of my reach. Uh, I never picked it up on on any other console or, or I actually, so I don't know if this was ever available on Steam. If it was, I didn't know about it. And if it is, then I, it's too late. I've already picked up the full game. But this is something that came out on Xbox. It's made by Microsoft Studios. And seeing Microsoft Studios pop up on my Switch was something that was really, really odd. It, it felt weird to see that. But at the same time, I was like, okay, well, this is this is kind of cool. I never I never thought this would be a thing that could happen, but it's happening. And I, I played through the demo. It was uh, kind of hard towards the end just because I'm not the greatest with some of the newer precision-based uh, platformers that have arisen, which is why I haven't picked up Cuphead. But I loved it. It was so heartwarming uh, to, to see this beautifully animated game uh, you know, during a break when I wasn't anticipating like the the weight of of what happens in the intro, like I wasn't expecting to have like my heart ripped out at the beginning of the game and be like, oh, this sucks. That's so sad. It reminds me of Up. Like I remember watching Up in the beginning of the film, and I'm just like, oh, this is cute. This is awesome. I love this movie so far. And then the beginning happens, and you find out what happens, and you know, 15 minutes in, they're like, nah. No, there's a reason why you have to take this giant house with a bunch of balloons and go somewhere. It's like, oh, that's why, because there's tragedy. And right at the beginning of Ori in the Blind Forest, you're hit with this huge tragic event that happens in the span of like five minutes as it kind of teaches you how to move around the game. And I was hooked after that. I was like, oh, man, something happened. It's it's horrible. It's sad and you're left alone and all i want to do is is find other other creatures to, to be with at this point because it's so so sad but i got to the end and i realized what was going on with the with the the big bird that comes up and the blind forest and stuff and how you have to bring light to the rest of the forest and 
I was hooked at that point. I think it's like $20 on Switch. I don't care. I, I, I picked it up immediately. I can't wait for that to come out. So moving on, um, I think I wanted to dive into the two big events that happened uh, on, the, on the 24th. So if you're listening to this, this is shortly after. But we got two big, um, well, not big, but we got two events uh, from Sony and from Microsoft today. And it's a little far from the Nintendo Direct that we got for me to really dive into it. Needless to say, I've already used one of my game vouchers for Luigi's Mansion 3. I'm looking forward to Nintendo uh coming out with pokemon shield uh with with game freak and i i probably won't pick up overwatch on the switch just because i already have it on pc but i don't play it on pc enough for me to justify doing it plus i don't really play a whole lot of multiplayer games on my switch because that's usually the system that i that i play portably and as a result usually when i get home sorry i'm shifting around in my chair usually when i get home i hop on the computer and i boot up Sea of Thieves or I boot up the Blizzard app and I jump into one of those games and I'm usually good to go for the rest of the evening. So usually Switch play is usually uh, when I'm out and about. And if you're wondering how come I didn't pick up a Switch Lite instead of uh, upgrading to the Switch version 2.0, solely just for the few times when I want to play something on the TV and have it big and beautiful and also for the instances where my wife might want to actually play Mario or something you know I want to give her an opportunity to play with a regular controller like the pro controller instead of just having to hold the actual system in her hands now I could be I could be you know short shortchanging myself on this in this instance instead of you know, giving her the opportunity to actually play on the handheld switch and having her fall in love with that handheld and then realizing that getting her a switch light would be a perfect way for her to get into uh, Animal Crossing down the line. But that's a that's a whole that's a whole agenda that I've got for later on the next year for 2020. That's my that's my uh, 2020 New Year's resolution to figure out a way to get my wife into Animal Crossing so that we can both play it. Um, but getting back to the point of the the thing that I wanted to talk about, the whole reason for this Shore Leave episode is to talk about PlayStation, Sony, the State of Play event, and Microsoft's Inside Xbox event that came out today. So right off, let's start with uh, Sony, the one that I, I have the, the dusty PS4 that I bought last Black Friday that I barely even touched because uh, Sea of Thieves and Blizzard games and my Switch occupy so much of my time. And I've picked up just about every single exclusive for the system that I can dirt cheap because it's the end of the console life. And I know at some point I'm going to have time. I I feel like I got to get sick or something. I feel like I got to I'm really good about never getting sick because I just I, I don't touch my face when I'm out and about and I don't put things in my mouth when I when I shouldn't. I don't pick up things off the ground and stick them against my body. You know, I'm pretty good about staying and, you know, I, I stay away from sick people whenever whenever they're sick. If my wife gets sick, I don't I don't come near her for at least a good week, uh, which she hates, but it prevents me from getting sick. So I feel like I need to get sick if I'm ever going to play any of these Sony games. So um, but to, to dive into the Sony state of play, I was surprised by a few of these games uh, and, I, and I wanted to talk about a few. So Infinity Ward is picking up Call of Duty Modern Warfare. And I picked up Blackout last year and I played a good amount of it with some friends. Uh, Hot Sauce, Twisted Shots, uh, Mending Mercy. Um, I'm blanking on 
who else did I play with? Gosh, he's going to hate me. Uh, but I don't think he listens to this, so I think I'm really good. Hold on, let me see if I can, let's see, click and uh, scroll up, click, click, and uh, Mastic. Sorry, Mastic. I love you, buddy. But uh, yeah, <laughs> had to do it. Um, I'm just kidding. I love Mastic. Uh, you guys probably have no clue who I'm talking about, but he's a good friend. If he's listening to this, hopefully he gets the joke. Uh, but anyway, so Call of Duty Modern Warfare focused a lot on the campaign, uh, leading a team to the Middle East to deal with terrorists who have gotten their hands on chemical weapons. Seems pretty straightforward, but I gotta say, this looks really good. Like, it, it seems like they put a lot of effort into the animation, the voiceover, the atmosphere, the lighting. It looks really good. And to be perfectly honest, I'm really tempted to pick this up when it goes on sale because it's coming out October 25th. I'm not going to have time to play this game with everything else that's going on in October. Uh, there's just too much coming out, and I and I know I'm not going to be able to pick this up. I'll probably miss out on the zeitgeist for this, and it's, it's going to be kind of a bummer, but I'll definitely look forward to playing through the campaign of this uh, when, I, when I can um, later, hopefully, when it goes on sale. Um, Piccolo's, which I believe is a studio name, is coming out with a game called Arise. And this actually looks really beautiful. Uh, it's it's a very stylized game. It looks like it's set in a kind of Viking era, um, very similar to something else that I was thinking about the other day. I can't think of what other game it was, but it looks like you're playing as someone who's died and they set like a Viking pyre to, to burn your body. Uh, and, and as you pass away, you move into this new world and this world isn't like a normal world everything's kind of out of proportion but you start off in a very snow covered land until you make your way across some beautiful landscapes uh really really love that and it looks like you kind of have to um you kind of like you work out kind of how to uh, puzzle your way through some of the uh, the the troubles that you come across as far as like using a rope to pull down a log that's for a dead tree to build a bridge uh, and, and, and I really liked it because it looks like you're kind of having to fight some of the demons that are going to be kind of troubling you in the afterlife as far as like facing yourself. They had kind of a weird shadow link, but like 30 of them. And eventually it kind of ended the, the trailer on a, a snow covered statue covered in what looked like, like glowing tulips, uh, atop this giant mountain so it's kind of like your your goal towards the end of the game is to go figure out what that is and uh it looks really beautiful i was really really interested to see what that's all about then there came medieval from other ocean uh who's out in emerville california just not too far from where i am it's the bay area for san francisco and uh, i believe mike micah uh had some sort of to do with it because i saw him tweeting about the demo that's out now that I didn't realize and I really want to check this out because I, I grew up playing uh, medieval on my on my revised mini little PlayStation uh, not the not the PlayStation classic that came out but the actual small tiny PlayStation 1 that came out after they'd uh, revised the actual hardware and made a very very small version that fit in my Jinko pants pockets and if you don't believe me, ask anyone from Arizona that I knew at the time. They'll they'll attest to me owning one. But I played this uh, a lot. And it, it, it was funny because the ads came out for it um, when I was in college. And I, and I actually did 
my final animation, I, I uh, modeled out and rigged and animated a skeleton that was very, very much like the uh, the skeleton from Medieval, uh, Dan. And if you play the demo now, you'll get Dan's helmet. I really look forward to, to checking this out when I get some time, hopefully this weekend. Uh, moving into the rest of the state of play, they, they talked about the special edition uh, PlayStation 4 for Death Stranding. I'm, I'm just ready to see that game in action. I, I'm curious about what it is. I get a good idea. Everyone's been talking about it. Kojima Studios has pushed the heck out of it with all the different stuff from TGS as well as Gamescom and E3. I get it. It's, it's going to be a freaky, weird game, um, but I'm ready to jump into it. Uh, so I don't even know when I'm going to find time in November to actually play that either. Uh, then we got kind of the big thing that everyone was looking forward to, the thing that's been hinted, and that's The Last of Us 2. But we didn't, we didn't get... We got a continuation of the story that was told, I believe, at E3. And it talks, uh, shows us kind of Ellie uh, dealing with her life post Last of Us 1. Which, if it, by the way, Last of Us Remastered is now available on PS Plus, which is cool, but it's a bummer because I, because I already bought this when <laughs> when I picked up my PlayStation during Black Friday last year. So I've been sitting on this copy of Last of Us Remastered that I haven't played, and I have no clue what the story is uh, or who any of the people are except for Joel and Ellie because they're the two big names that everyone mentions. And that this is this is probably one of the most amazing games for storytelling ever, and I just haven't ever actually played it. So I'm interested to play it because of everyone talking so highly of Joel and Ellie's story in the first game. And it's nice to see that it's finally getting a release date in February uh, 2020 on the 21st, which is towards the end of that month. And it looks like it's going to take us through the whole uh, whole story of what happens to Ellie after she tries to find uh, a normal life post the first game and she ends up uh, having to go back to this this city that she has to go take care of these people who I guess aren't letting her live live her life um, I'm not sure why because she looks like she's out in the wilderness uh, at, at the first when she's she's flirting with this girl that she had a kiss with uh, from the past trailer um, and I guess she has to go back to this city this this huge metropolis that's completely overtaken by growth uh where where there's uh, zombie-ish zombie-ish monsters and people who are trying to ruin her life for some reason uh in which case she gets caught by joel who then reassures her that the this this impossible mission that she's decided to take on herself is not going to be something that's alone and it seems like it's going to be really comforting for fans of the series that Joel is still with Ellie and they're going to be doing doing everything that they did the first time, only better. Um, not sure. So I, I'm glad that I have a hard date on this to find out like what happens throughout the first game. So I have till February 21st to play the first one to find out what's going on so then I can be super hyped for when this comes out uh, at early 2020. And that was pretty much it for the for what I was was interested with the state of play. It was interesting. I enjoyed it. There was a lot that was going on with the uh, PlayStation world 
uh, as far as like VR goes, um, like LA Noir and a bunch of other stuff that was coming out that was showcased. And while I'd love to jump into that, I don't think that my standard X uh, PlayStation 4 will handle VR well. And I just can't see myself jumping into that at this stage of a console's life. And Sony hasn't said anything about their next their next uh, PlayStation VR steps with the PS5. So I'm not going to buy into any of that until probably the next generation if they decide to continue on or at least revise the headset so that it's it's a little bit more powerful than what it is currently. And I think that's it for, for Sony. But like I mentioned, this was a big day. Sony came out with their stuff, so Microsoft had to answer back. And Microsoft came out with a, an inside Xbox, and I watched through a majority of it. It was pretty long. And I have to say, I really, I really hate the humor that they're trying to force into the script here. It's it's just like it's cringe-worthy. I I wish <laughs> it doesn't land. Because they just they, they, they really just blow by the punchlines and then no one reacts to it. And the only one that seems to even have like any kind of recognition of it is Larry. And that's only because he has a certain amount of snark to him that actually cracks me up because it seems like he understands like the, these jokes aren't good. These aren't funny. And no one no one is really trying to commit to them and they're not genuine. So I <laughs> I wish they would just stop that. I'm not a fan. Um but there were some big things that uh, that came with this with this inside Xbox uh, that that I'm sure few few people are going to be happy with. Um, but there was one thing that kind of left me scratching my head, and let's just talk about the elephant in the room, um, Atlas. So it looks like they've shown off the very rudimentary animation that they have for your characters. Um, it's still very rigid. And it's still based around survival designs. Uh, the idea here is, is that you're in a persistent world where everything you do carries on even if you're not playing. Now, this seems familiar and that's this that's because it is. Because back in December of last year, uh, they opened up Atlas on early access for Steam. And I was given a key by Captain J, who was very nice. And thus... I tried to jump in on day one. I tried to see what the whole thing was about because we were getting another pirate game and with Sea of Thieves, it seemed like there was a pretty big drought until Sea of Thieves came out for pirate games. So my day one experience was terrible um, to the point where I quit and I put it down for a couple days and I figured I'd, I'd let them work out the whole server issues. So Fast forward to March or April, I can't quite remember when it was, but early in the beginning of the year for 2019, uh, they announced that they were doing a mega update, uh, which really kind of rubbed me the wrong way because it was already in like February that Rare had announced that they were doing a mega update, which was going to be uh, the, the anniversary update. And I, to be perfectly honest, I have not touched Atlas since January. Uh, even with private servers that had been set up so that it was a lot easier to gather, uh, to, to, to survive, to have vitamin stats, and to, to be able to progress faster. I just I couldn't get into the idea that I had to start with nothing. And I mean nothing. Like 
no clothes, tools, food, anything. I had I had to harvest and I had to forage all of it, which meant punching bamboo stalks for for a good while just to try and get enough wood pieces and and rocks and stuff to be able to fashion like rudimentary tools and i'm like this is this is caveman stuff where's the pirate content and this game like if you if you've played arc survival uh or or, i'm sorry arc survival evolved this is essentially the same thing with a pirate skin laced over it uh we found that out back in december of last year when the menus still were were present for Ark Survival Evolved. Uh, they just weren't hidden very well. And th- it, it relies on levels and skill trees. So not everyone is gonna be able to do everything in the game and you'll need to have people with you that specialize in different things like armor smithing and shipbuilding. And depending on what your focus is, you'll, you'll need to be able to have these people around uh, or, or help others with your skills to be able to build a ship and to manage supplies before you can even go sailing in this pirate game. So expect a lot of time between starting the game and actually getting onto the seas. Uh, The trailer for this um, that they had depicts a world that is full of life and atmosphere with danger on the seas and adventure uh, uh, in, in, in the towns with, with lots of people around. That's not what my experience was, uh, even when everyone was on the servers, you know, doing a bunch of stuff, hopping around as level ones. Now, bear in mind, I haven't jumped into the most recent build of this game, but based on the information from today's Inside Xbox, it doesn't sound like a whole lot has changed from the premise. So if you if you love Ark Survival Evolved, but you wanted to be a pirate, then there's a chance you'd enjoy this. And if you if, if that's you and you only have an Xbox, then this is going to be coming to Xbox Game Preview on October 8th. Currently, their content plans are light, as it seems like they're just wanting to get the game working and then making improvements uh, for for playing it as far as like optimizations for bug fixes, quality of life, that kind of stuff. And then their future plans are to try and make it easier for you to get a ship and actually sail it. Which, when when I when I think about Sea of Thieves and how quickly you get on a ship and get sailing and how easy it is to sail, it's it's so crazy in my mind that their content plans post opening this up to xbox players is to make it easier for you to get a ship in a pirate game kind of crazy in my mind i don't know um this the few takeaways from this that i noticed was is that they said that this was going to be cross-play enabled for pc and xbox uh they didn't specify if this was going to be cross-play with the stream version or excuse me with the steam version so I don't know if that's going to be the case. If it is, awesome, because I've already got a character on there. But it's all server-based, so uh, you select whatever server you want to play on, and then you play on that one. If you don't like that one, then you play on another one. Um, moving on away from Atlas, let's get done with that, that kind of stuff and move into something that I am interested in, which is Project xCloud which is coming in early access for Android users in October. Uh, This is a public preview. It's going live in the United States, uh, the UK, and in Korea for people who have uh, an Xbox One controller and an Android phone 
uh, you can use this on Wi-Fi. You can use it on cellular. It doesn't matter. They've got some some partnerships with a couple of the companies to try and optimize the experience. Uh, one of them being T-Mobile, which I actually use because I've got a really good deal on unlimited pan- plan for two phones for hundred bucks. Flex and uh, yeah, the four games that they said were going to be coming to the public preview: Halo's Five Guardians. Never played it. Would love to as soon as it comes on PC. Uh, sea of Thieves, which I would love to, can't because I don't have an Android phone. Uh, I'm stuck with an iPhone 6S Plus. Gears 5, which I have, I just haven't jumped into it. And Killer Instinct, which I would love to play, but I just I don't have any, any time for any of these games other than Sea of Thieves. So those are the four games that are gonna be available during the preview and it will work with your existing account. So anything that you play during these public previews is going to progress the story as well as um, all of your achievements, things like that. That's all, it's all moving forward. They're not, they're not separating that at all. Uh, if you want to get in on this, uh, it starts in October, you can apply using the uh, website. Just go to xbox.com slash game streaming to find out what you need to do to apply for this they'll pick up people and then they'll slowly ramp up adding more features as time goes on this is something that looks really amazing because i'm looking forward to seeing how this works um but like i said unfortunately i have a dirty iphone and won't be able to try this out but i am curious to see if people enjoy playing sea of thieves uh and how i'm kind of curious how people are going to react to this Uh, and how the different groups will decide what's worth playing because there's been a a vocal group of people. I'm not going to say majority or minority because I honestly don't know, but there's been a group of people who have wanted to have cross-play opt-out, and this is something that just recently came to Arena, but Adventure Mode got the 10-minute rejoin option. And this is going to be great, especially if you're playing on Project X Cloud. If you lose cell signal, you're out and about, and you disconnect from the server and you're playing on Adventure, then you have 10 minutes to get back into cell service so that you can actually jump back and get onto your ship. Um, I have tested that out. It actually works fairly well. You get a little prompt when you when you go back into the uh, into the screen after you click click logging in and all stuff uh, you get past the cinematic it, it asks if you want to rejoin the session that you were just in and, and you just click on that and you pop back on your boat although for some reason my boat was turned like 90 degrees to the left and sailing towards crooks hollow instead of sailing up towards kraken's fall when i when i tried to do that but um some of the other things that they are uh doing with the inside xbox oh um Bloodstain, Ritual of the Night, something that I've been wanting to play for a good while and have been very tempted to pick up on my Switch. But thanks to some good friends uh, from the Nintendo Pulse podcast, they uh, had advised, uh, Stephen Munn, who's a huge Castlevania fan, has advised that I should not pick this up until they patch the game because it's it's to the point where there's fatal crashes uh at at certain points for doing certain things and i just can't i can't see myself buying a game that i know is broken still uh until they they patch that so i'm waiting for them to say that it's it's okay to pick up but i don't have to wait anymore because it looks like bloodstained ritual of the night is now available on game pass for pc and i checked 
and it sure enough it is. So I'm actually gonna be playing this on my PC with my Xbox One Sea of Thieves limited edition controller and diving into this Castlevania-like game that I've been looking forward to for a while. Um, if you're interested in other games that are indie-based, uh, looks like they're going to have an Xbox, uh, or excuse me, an ID at Xbox Game Pass Fall 2019 Showcase, that's a mouthful, uh, on September 26th, which is this Thursday uh, at 9 a.m. Pacific Time or 5 p.m. in the UK or uh, GMT, I'm not sure what it is at the moment because I don't think the time switched yet. We also got a couple other looks at a couple games that I think people might be interested to hear about, which is the Outer Wilds game, uh, which is if, if anyone's played any of the earlier Fallout games, I guess this is a, a large group of people that used to build those Fallout games and they've uh, broken off from Bethesda to make their own to kind of showcase their dystopian uh, outlook on sailing or going sailing traveling from planet to planet to progress through a story level up and kind of do a looter shooter uh, campaign style game it's definitely stylized it's definitely got some dark comedy to it uh, I'm definitely a lot more interested in this than I was uh, in picking up like Fallout 4 um, because I've never played any of those and I wanted to uh, I've wanted to in the past I, I played Fallout 76 for a while and that was interesting but I didn't really like the inventory system or the uh, the UI setup uh, I felt it was kind of clunky and hard for me to navigate because I'm just, I'm just not used to that style so I'm interested to see how Outer Wilds uh, takes that approach and see if they can make this a little more user-friendly for someone that's never been initiated into the franchise uh, at an early age the last game that I wanted to bring up for you guys, just in case you're interested, not in case, not just something that, but uh, Ghost Recon Breakout, um, something that was shown off at E3, is getting an open beta, something you can actually preload now, and the beta is going to run from September 26th through September 29th. And the game looks like it's actually coming out on October 4th. And I believe if you pick up the Ultimate Edition, you can actually play it three days early. So I have no interest in this. I really don't. Um, but I know that a lot of Xbox fans are big fans of shooters. So I'm curious if this is going to be something that's going to do as well as, say, State of Decay 2 uh, from earlier on this year, because it is a Ubisoft game. And... I wonder if people are going to be playing this on Xbox or if you're going to be waiting for Call of Duty Modern Warfare and that's coming out later in October. So I I listened to the little interviews that they had with uh, with the gentleman who played Punisher. I forget his name at the moment so forgive me for that but it's interesting to hear about a guy called Cole Walker, uh, I, I, a name that for me feels more American than like apple pie. Uh, but essentially, he's going to be the antagonist who feels like they that that rules shouldn't apply to people who are tasked to do the impossible, uh, and that the ghosts who I guess he was working with are hindered by silly things like morals and restrictions. Um, it looks better than Hitman Two, honestly. And I was looking up Hitman Two, and I was like, this seems. This game looks like it's a remaster, and I don't know if it is, but if it is, then I understand why it looks so bad. But if it isn't, 
that I'm very sorry for the gentlemen uh, and, and women who have been uh, laboring on this game because it just it does not it doesn't look good I, I can't imagine a time where I'm, I'm going to have any interest in actually checking this out even from a standpoint of enjoying past Hitman games um, that was about it for Microsoft uh, there's a lot coming out this, this season uh, fall season has officially kicked in as far as I understand it we're past the 21st of September which I think is the, uh, the break off for summer and now it's time to try and figure out where we're going to get all the money and time to play all the games that are coming out this season. So if you're a, a multi-console person like myself, uh, where you have at least one of each of the ecosystems, now bear in mind I, I'm using loose terms for that because I, I typically play on PC Switch, uh, but I have my PlayStation if, um, if the apocalypse comes and I can't use my PC uh, or my Switch. And actually, I don't know how I'd play my PlayStation if that was the case. But regardless, I have it available if I wanted to. I still, I still have a ton of games to get through on there that I don't even want to think about. Uh, but definitely make sure that you download the Medieval demo and pick up uh, Last of Us Remastered for your free game. Um, just to have. You never know. You might want to sell the copy of, uh, of, of, of Last of Us Remastered if you have the physical. If not, then don't worry about it but yeah kind of curious how how the shooter fans out there feel between uh call of duty modern warfare and uh ghost recon breakout i i'm honestly leaning more towards uh modern warfare but that's just because everyone else seems pretty hyped for it and i think it looks like a a, a stronger entry into the uh into the the military shooters so i think that's gonna do it for this first shore leave episode um I don't know when the frequency or the duration of these is going to go for the future. This is seriously just something that I wanted to, to drop in at to kind of give you guys a, a chance to have me talk about something that you might be interested in that doesn't apply to Sea of Thieves, but because you wanted to hear my opinions on it, then you're listening to it now. So uh, let me know what you guys think uh, or girls think. What? Let me know what you all think of this if you if you love it knowing that this is going to supplement the rest of the sea of thieves uh podcast and not take over the podcast um keelhauled will always be a sea of thieves podcast it's never not going to be a sea of thieves podcast i'm not going to pivot uh to anything else it's it's just me wanting to take some time every once in a while like maybe when they do these kind of uh these kind of um, events where they, they kind of showcase some stuff coming out that I think would be interesting to talk about that I might pop on and do another one of these uh, these episodes where I just kind of take some time off and uh, sit back and, and kind of enjoy the rest of the gaming franchise and uh, in industry as a whole. So uh, Pirates, thank you. If you want to get a hold of me, there's plenty of ways to do that. As always, you can reach me by email at C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. If you want to reach me on Twitter, that's a good place to do it. I'm at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. If you want to reach me by Xbox, you can always hit me up at uh, C-A-P-T-A-I-N-L-O-G-U-N, Captain Logan. And I think those are, oh, the Discord server. I have a Discord server where I have areas for other game consoles. If there's uh, other games that I talked about today that you want to talk about and see if anyone else has any interest. Otherwise, it's a predominantly Sea of Thieves focused Discord server where a lot of friends 
get together and sail, especially with the Rag and Bone Crate events going on right now. I definitely need help getting some more stuff stolen. So uh, if you play <laughs> sometime between midnight and uh, 2 a.m. Pacific Standard Time uh, or 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. British Standard Time, uh, I will be trying to stream during those times because that's usually when I'm the most awake and also the times when I can actually uh, know that I'm going to not have to worry about trying to get up early to actually stream. So I'm going to be playing during those times. If those are times work out well for you, then feel free to hit me up. And if we jive, we can definitely see about getting you on uh, on a boat with me to, to sail around. Because uh, I definitely like having other people to play with as well as chat with in the stream. Pirates, that's going to do it for this episode of Shore Leave. Thank you so much for listening to this. Again, I really appreciate it. These are going to be sporadic uh, depending on when the game industry decides to open up its uh, wonderful arms and let out uh, a big hug of content for me to, to kind of digest. And with that, I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves.